Matisov for the Devils plays it cross ice into the far corner. Matteau swoops in to intercept. Matteau behind the net. Swings it in front. He scores! Matteau! 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 Stefan Matteau! And the Rangers have one more hill to climb, baby! Canis. Here we go. Thomas Sarek has been begging to go with Lucic. Lucic under. Cracks him with the right. Lucic gets him in the air. Turtles. Thomas Sarek down. And Lucic taunts the Montreal bench. All right, guys, we're back. It's Ken and Hal here with Morning Skate. Uh, we're going to do a little wrap-up of the season and uh, the, the award ceremony in Vegas and the expansion draft with tonight, so we're going to kind of recap that quick. Sorry we haven't been too consistent. Hal got a new roommate. Ked, Ked has a girlfriend now. Shit's been hectic. We've been getting yelled at by 70. Or Karski Kush, who's been on this podcast a few times, real mad. Uh, not only He's not the only one that's been yelling at us, so... We're, we're going to try to be better. Uh, of course, we're saying this as it's the end of the year. And, like, we probably really only have one more podcast left, which is going to be... Well, no, we could do two. We could probably do the draft, and then we could do uh, Free Agent Frenzy. So we have a couple couple left. Free Agent Frenzy is on a weekend this year, which is huge for the boys. Uh, Hal, how is life? How is, how is having a roommate? What's going on? Having a roommate is fantastic because my roommate can hear me. Mm-hmm. Hear um, life's been good. I mean, if I'm being honest to all 15 listeners at home, uh, Bruins got knocked out and I kind of went to a deep little depression from hockey for a little bit. I kind of rode the Rangers Senators series through Ked. Uh, when that died down, I kind of Kind of on AWOL on the hockey scene, so it's been a little tough for me. I bounced back for the Stanley Cup Finals, but my heart wasn't in it. I think everyone knows that feeling. You go through an 82-game season. That's a lot of hockey to watch. Have your fucking heart ripped out and fucking pissed all over. So <laughs> I know, and we're just fans. Like We're not even the players. <laughs> so I, I apologize for that. I feel like we should randomly call 70 at some point in this. Yes, we will. We will, and actually, this was gonna be this was gonna be at the end of the podcast, but I'm gonna bring it to light now because I brought up a roommate. We just have a hypothetical for all of our listeners out there. If you're on Twitter, go to morning underscore or morning underscore skate and tweet at us. We have a little hypothetical situation. We're wondering if you have a nice apartment in an expensive New York City, uh, and your roommate breaks their lease uh, to the apartment and rents it out to an old club hockey player. Uh, that he met on Craigslist, would you respect him? We're just wondering if you would love it, list it, grip it, or rip it. So, asking for a friend. So let let us know. How what what are your thoughts on that? Just you know, would you or would you not? Well, the best part about that is that's uh, the friend we're asking for. That's gonna be breaking news, considering that's the first time it's in the public waves. I'm pretty sure. I don't, 
Oh, big time. I don't know how that's going to go, but that's pretty exciting. We'll get a little... And I think, I think one of his his roommates, actually two of them, I think, listen to the show. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they'll figure that out. But, okay, we're going to get into it. Uh, we're just going to jump right into the Stanley Cup. This is going to be really quick. Just a couple questions for you, Hal. We'll go back and forth. But first off, it's Pits- are the Pittsburgh Penguins now a dynasty? Uh, I mean, I wish I was a little more prepared for this question. How many Stanley Cups in how many years? Uh, I know. Sidney Crosby has three. All right, here's... Here's the point: is I just had to ask you three three, three cents his rookie year, and that was like in 2008. So, however my long. Point, my point being is I had to ask you how many Stanley Cups and how many years, and neither of us know the answer. So the answer to are they a dynasty is no. I would, I agree, but I definitely think some light has to be shed upon in the fact that they repeated. I think out of any sport, out of the four major sports, I think hockey's probably the hardest sport to repeat a championship. Would you agree or disagree with that? I think because of the salary cap, football's up there too. I'd say it'd be football's not up there, dude. Because the Patriots win every year. They they've only repeated once. I know, but yeah, but you know what I mean. Like I feel like it's easier for the Patriots to win back to back than it would be for the Penguins, just because yeah. they have Bill Belichick and and the goat Tom Brady. Yeah, but I mean, I think the problem with the Penguins is, in order to argue they're a dynasty, that I mean they'd have to be the best team of their time, and they also live in the time of the Chicago Blackhawks. I don't think you can have two dynasties at once. I don't think that's how the rules work. Have we like agreed that the Blackhawks were a dynasty? They're the closest thing that we've had to a dynasty, I'd say, in this century. I would, I clo- closer than Pittsburgh. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know why I can justify that, but it just seems like the Blackhawks were there more. It seemed like Pittsburgh. They're either winning, yeah, the cup yeah, or, or getting tossed, yeah. Whereas the Blackhawks were in, like, other than this year, they're in, like, seven-game series, like, every fucking year, it seems like, so. No, I would agree with that. Uh, now, my second question, why is everybody sucking Marc-Andre Fleury's dick? I don't really understand this. Uh, so it came out that halfway through the year, the Penguins went to Fleury, and they're like, listen, we're either going to trade you or you're going to waive your no-trade no uh, with Vegas or whatever. And he's like, okay, I'll gut it out, and I'll wave the no trade to Vegas. And everybody's calling him a classy guy and how, oh, my God, what a tremendous. Get the fuck out of here, man. Like, he was going to get traded to a team that wasn't that he didn't have Sidney Crosby on. Like, he was trying to win a Stanley Cup. I don't really think that was just him being a good guy. I think he probably wanted another cup. I'm, I, I'm getting sick and tired of this. Like, there are some really good stories in the NHL, like Craig Anderson and his wife, and, like, shit like that. Like, that's good. But, like... The Bellamar giving the fucking stupid award away to his goalie and Mark Andre Fleury pretending to be like some sort of saint because he's like, oh, I, I'll just go to Vegas after I win a Stanley Cup. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I mean, the one thing, and we'll get into it, that like really doesn't make sense to me, and you're right, is he's like a backup goalie now. I mean, I mean, he's he would start on a good amount of teams a week, but he had like a 909 save percentage this year. That's pretty trashy, and he's going to go in front of a piss-poor team next year. He doesn't have Sidney Crosby or Chris Letang or Hornquist or the little rat Kunitz to be fucking defending him in front, you know what I mean? He's going to have fucking David Perron out there. You think David Perron's going to block any shots? I mean, like, not to not to bring up the Patriots, but, like, you hear about guys on the Patriots that they restructure their contracts, so they're, they actually they literally lose money off their contracts to make the team better. It's not like Marc-Andre Fleury is like, I, you don't have to pay me my full contract all renegotiate it so it's easier to move. He's still getting paid, like, out the ass. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's not losing money. It's not this noble thing. Now he's just going to go and live in Las Vegas and cash his checks. And who knows? He could be in the AHL by the end of the year next year. Or he's, or I could see him being, like, traded to, like... A cup contender, maybe. Dallas. He'd be a great Stars goalie. Yeah. 
I, I just, and I know you dropped your phone in a lake, but, so you've been off the Twitter grind, and I don't know if you really saw it, but when this news broke, there were so many people just stroking him off, like, left and right, just pretending like he was just the best person in the entire world, and again, Ked sees right through that bullshit, right fucking through it, so, pat well, on I the, think, pat on the back to myself. I think it's been for a few years, the narrative has been, everyone always talks, stands up for him, and talks about how great of a guy he is, I don't know. If that's true, or if everyone just feels really fucking bad for him, I think it's because he has a clean cut haircut and a stupid little fucking facial hair thing. I think that's the only reason why people are like, "Oh, he's probably a good guy." In order, if, if he actually wants me to get back on his train, I fully will. If he does this, he needs to go back to the rookie year, all yellow, bright yellow pads with those trashy Las Vegas jerseys next year. That would be fucking awesome. I, I probably still won't like him. And then. The last thing we're just going to talk about, it, it would be bad not to bring it up because uh, the Spencers listen to this podcast and they're huge Predators fans. It's Nashville, a hockey town. There's a lot of people saying, are like pissed off that they're not. I think they they definitely are, dude. Like The amount of fans that went to those games and how loud it was and how much they packed like the downtown Nashville area. They're throwing catfish on the ice. Like I don't think they know a lot about hockey because I don't think... This may be wrong. Actually, I'm not going to say it because I don't want to piss people off. They may, but I think that they're just, you know, they don't really know what's going on, but they just love the fact that it is going on. Yeah, I don't, because of what you just said, I wouldn't cl- classify them as a hockey town, which is like, a hockey town to me is like the Canadian markets in Northeast. And like, I mean, even like Boston's not really a hockey town. I mean, it is, but it's not. It has that huge culture there and it has all the kids playing growing up. But like, well, if you're gonna compare and contrast, like I think it's more of a hockey, like it's like Glens Falls, it's like the Civic Center. Like I don't think people have any idea what the fuck hockey is, but they still go. Like you know what I mean? It's still like a good place to go because everybody there means well. Like nobody's really bitching. They're just they just they're supporting their team. You know? Yeah, I mean, I just think if you're, I mean, it's we're really coming down to like semantics. I don't think they're a hockey town. I think they're a sports town. If that makes sense, they bring like that SEC football vibe to the rink, which is really cool. And I'm all for it. I mean, I really support the fan base. Like I think. I think there's, like, that old guard that, like, no matter what, will always trash on, like, the Southern hockey teams because they weren't, like, an original six franchise. Like, who fucking cares? And I think that's what most people classify uh, hockey town being, so that's why I'm not giving them the hockey town title. But they're definitely a great fan base. It's an awesome place to play. It seems like every ex-player that talks about it talks about how awesome it is to play there. So, I mean, it's not something that's new. I think they just finally got catapulted to success. The one thing you got to remember, though, and Nashville's actually never been like this, but... Just kind of making the point because it could happen. If they really suck for like five or six years, if you look back, like Carol, the Hurricanes were kind of, they kind of had a pretty boom and rank for a few years too, and they yeah. were good and that fell apart pretty quickly. But I think, I still think the fan base is better than ever was in North Carolina. So I give it to them. Hockey town, no. Great fans, yes. That makes fucking sense. Okay, I'll give you that. That, that actually kind of does make sense. So that's the Stanley Cup. Fuck the Penguins. Don't really care about them at all. Moving on, uh, this is just kind of a random thing that you wanted to talk about, but Marion Hosa, I guess, has, like, some sort of skin disorder. He's had it all year. He was taking, like, uh, shots to, like, kind of battle against that or some sort, and uh, now they're saying he's done. Like, he's never going to play a game again, and this is something you wanted to talk about, so uh, let, it, let it rip. No, I, I mean, I, don't, I wrote this, and I kind of regret it already, but I was, I was scrolling through Reddit, and there was this... Thing. And I think it's ridiculous. You probably think I'm all about this fucking theory, but someone said that Marion Hosa, after he's earned 94% of the money on his 12-year contract, uh, 
and he has four years left, all of a sudden he has a skin disorder. It's like, no shit, he probably played through those years to make that money. Like, eventually it's not going to be fucking worth it. Why would he, he's making like, I think he's only going to make like a million next year or some shit like that anyway. It's like very little money that he's making for the rest of his career. And if it's something that's agitating him every fucking game, why would he play? So I don't, I just thought it was stupid that people are like coming up with these conspiracy theories that Marion Hosa just doesn't want to play hockey anymore. It's like, God damn it. Let the guy cash his checks and right off into the sunset. He won a couple cups. Although I will say this, people talk about how awesome Marion Hosa was. He was the fucking worst when he was going from team to team. From Detroit, Detroit to Pittsburgh, yeah. Yeah, pe- people was- people forget about that when you start winning some cups. Like, it's kind of crazy. You're ma- what, te- what team was he on first? Was he on the... Uh... No, 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 no. Was he on the Wings and then went to Pittsburgh? Yeah. So, because he, went- he lost, he lost, didn't he lose both Stanley Cups? Like, he was in Stanley Cup finals back-to-back years. And I, I-, I think he lost the first one, maybe won the second one, and then went to Chicago. I think all in all, guys in the Hall of Famer, though, right? Yeah, when he was on Detroit, he lost to Pittsburgh. When he was on Pittsburgh, he lost to Blackhawks, maybe? I don't know. Something like that. Regardless, my point still stands. Like, he was the original fucking bandwagon player. Like, whatever you want to talk about, LeBron or Kevin Durant. Like, that was Marion Hosa. So, I, I kind of get sick of that. I mean, you respect it because he wanted to win Stanley Cups. Goddamn, that guy was chasing a dream for a while. And now he's got fucking eczema. I think he's a Hall of Famer. I read a tweet the other day saying that his jersey number should be up in the rafters in Chicago. That's, they need to take it easy on that. They, if you're like a franchise like Chicago, Chicago probably already has like at least 10 numbers retired. Like you can't be just tossing those around. Although 81's a shitty number anyway. Yeah, but out of that core group of people, I think you would retire Keith, Taves, and uh, Kaner before you would do Hosa. I would Hosa. throw Seabrook on there before Hosa. Yeah. I thought I saw that, and I was I was like, because eh. I mean it's it's similar to uh, the Yankees retire everybody, but when the Yankees were winning all those championships, you had Jeter, Pettit, Bernie Williams, Jorge Posada just retiring them all. So maybe Chicago would do something along those lines, but like I just don't see it because they're not the New York Yankees, you know? Yeah, no, thank God they're not the New York. Oh fuck off! All right, moving on. We had a couple trades. We're gonna just go over these two trades really quick before uh, we get into the whole Vegas. Scenario, but uh, Jonathan Drew went from the Lightning to the Canadians for Mikhail Zergachev, a defenseman, and then the Canadians also sent Nathan Bulu to the uh, Buffalo Sabers for a third-round pick. So now, I mean, the Canadians they have Drew in, but they don't have any defense. Galchenyuk's really being shopped right now. I don't really know who wins on that deal because I think Drew kind of is a perfect fit in Montreal, just because I feel like he's probably some sort of Canadian pussy, and I feel like that's kind of who like Montreal really loves and adores. Uh, but I guess the Surgev kid's supposed to be a stud, and if you can get a stud defenseman to play with Victor Hedman for years, it's not a bad thing to do. So, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think I think Mark Bergeron's a fucking idiot. That's what I think. Uh, I mean, I understand the allure of Jonathan Drew, and of course he's French. He's a French-Canadian, so go figure they got him. But, I mean, their biggest weakness was to get a center, and then they went out and they threw their best prospect, their number one asset that they had to trade, and they traded for a fucking winger. Like, that's great, but Jonathan Druin does not have the same centers in Montreal that he did there. And then on top of that, with that new contract, are they even going to be able to sign Radulov now, too? Yeah. Like, did they really, did they really improve? Is Druin younger? Yes, but the I, confusing part about that to me is that they're in win-now mode, which is sucks because their team stinks. Oh, that's dude. They also, they also just lost uh, Alexi Emelin in the um, in the expansion draft. So they lost yeah. Bullu, Emelin, and an offensive stud there. They're gonna have to trade Galchenyuk for a defenseman. Otherwise, they're not gonna have. They have Petrie, Weber, 
I can't really think of anybody else on defense for them currently. There's got to be two more. It's Petrie, Weber, and then Bouillou and Emlyn just left. Nobody's really ringing a bell for me. So no, they're I mean, definitely struggling. They tossed away Bouillou for fucking nothing. He was a pretty good young defenseman that I wouldn't mind having in my bottom pair. They tossed him away for like a, what is it, third round pick? Because that's terrible mm-hmm. asset management. And then poor Alexei Yemlin, I mean, him going to Las Vegas is tough when you think about it. All those like beach pool parties and stuff, you know how Jared Stahl got busted in Yeah, Superior. dude, em- Emlin's, like, if you, we're going to get into the rosters in a second. Out of all those people, I feel like Emlin's going to be in the NHL for maybe one or two more years before he just either blows all of his money, dies, or goes to the KHL. <laughs> Every time he goes through a security checkpoint at those pool parties, his head's going to go off. He's going to have to explain that he's a fucking plate in his head, and that's why he's a huge puss. <laughs> More than likely. Just another really quick trade that I didn't really understand. So the New York Islanders traded Mikhail Grabowski had a pretty shitty contract. Defenseman Jake Bishop, a 2017 first-round pick, and a 2019 second-round pick, just so Vegas would take uh, that Barubi goalie that created a bunch of goalie controversy with Halak and Grice and this Barubi guy. At first, I thought it was a good deal. Now, I just don't really know what to do. I think that second-round pick really threw something into that. They're getting rid of Grabowski's contracts. They're really going to go after Duchesne and Everly really hard right now. I don't know if this is a, like I want to say it kind of is a win, but at the same time, it's Gar Snow's behind everything, so it's just kind of like there's no way that this is going to work out. Yeah, I... God damn it, Gar Snow. I don't... Main, I main don't... product, too, dude. He's making you fucking look real bad. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know what's going on because the reason. What did they give up? Can you repeat what they gave up? So they, uh, Grabowski, some defenseman that I've never heard of, but he could be a good prospect. I'm not sure. Uh, 2017 first round pick and a 2019 second round pick. So that that means that they either thought Brock Nelson, Ryan Strom, or Calvin DeHaan is worth a first and a second round pick. That and, that or yeah, I, because I think Grabowski is making like five million dollars a year. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I mean, I think both parts went into it. So, like, that's crazy to me. Because, one, all those players aren't that great. And, two, have they already bought somebody out? Is there a reason why they can't buy him out and take that cap hit? Like, I don't think they have. I know that uh, Bob McKenzie – by the way, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably on Twitter looking for NHL rumors. Don't get farced into all that stupid bullshit. There's one person you need to follow when it comes to trades. It's Bob McKenzie. Everybody else you don't fucking trust. But Bob McKenzie said there's a good chance that Hamannick's going to get dealt. Uh, I yeah, man, I don't know why. Why not use that buyout on him? I just I don't know. It doesn't really make sense to me. It's just the fucking Islanders doing Islander things, and they think they're gonna land all these big time players. What happens if they land Duchesne and then him and fucking Tavares walk the next year? Like, what was the point of that? Mm-hmm. They're just they're an undesirable team in an undesirable location with a dumbass GM, and they just keep getting worse and worse. Although to be fair. And I'll get into this more with Vegas. This year's draft sucks anyway, so like the first round pick isn't that huge of a deal, I guess. It's not as big as a deal as people are making it now that I think about it out loud, but bad asset management. I know they I know they want to get to Shane, but I think the one thing that they probably definitely should be worried about more than anything is making sure John Tavares doesn't leave. And and if to do that you need to get him a winger to play with. And I don't think Jordan Eberle's going to get John Tavares' dick hard in that sense. You know what, You know what though? Duchesne can't play wing. He's fast as fuck. That would probably be a deadly line. They won't put him at a wing, though, dude, because they don't have any centers. You have, to, you have to spread that out. I just... It doesn't make fucking sense. And then, what else was I going to say? I don't know. I'm fucking Islanders. This is exciting stuff. God, I love hating them. 
and they're I, just doing this shit. I'm just like, thank God I picked the the varsity team in New York. All right, so now on to Vegas. I'm going to read through the list of names of people that they drafted this year or in the expansion draft, and we're just going to kind of go over them very, very quickly. Some of these names, we probably don't even know who they are. Are you ready, Hal? Right. Real deal, James Neal. He's got one year left at a $5 million cap hit. Uh, if I'm Vegas, it's kind of hard because you want people to go to the game and you want to like kind of compete at some sort of level, but at the same time, I feel like you could really package him to get some serious picks or prospects. Uh, thoughts on the real deal? Uh, I mean, if I, were, if I were Vegas, I would wait till the trade deadline where you could probably get some serious fucking coin for him. But... Especially with this draft not being that strong. Yeah. But I mean... I'm just looking at his perspective, really, from all these players in Vegas. James Neal with the slick back hair. You can see him rocking some, like, red aviators, you know, that stupid fucking tin, like a gold chain. So I think he'll fit in just great there. He's a fucking loser scumbag. Speak, speaking of red, uh, moving on to the next one from the Dallas Stars, uh, Cody Eakin bundled uh, Henrik Lundqvist last year. He's making almost $4 million a year up until 2000, uh, 2020. Uh, <laughs> Terrible I, contract. Not, nothing – I don't – I have nothing on Cody Eakin, like – He's just kind of an irrelevant player, I guess. I He's think if red. I think if he didn't have red hair, I'd like him way more. No, I don't think you. I, it's just like it's Cody Eakin. Like it's so hard right now because I'm trying to think of anything to say about Cody Eakin, but all I can think about Cody Eakin is that his name's fucking Cody Eakin. He has red hair, so fair enough. Uh, moving on to another kind of weird. Wow, they got a bunch of really just fucking dickheads on their team. Uh, David Perron. Uh, <laughs> he's making almost four million dollars a year. He has one year left on his contract. I mean, Vegas is sunny. He has a tin advisor. Uh, <laughs> Dude, they drafted so many people that wear fucking gold chains. I know. I wish Mike. I wish Mike Ribeiro was on this fucking team, man. You know what, though? And I actually hate David Perron. He's a little rat. I feel like he might not be a bad player to have on an expansion team. Like he'll probably pop them like twenty a year, and he'll probably. I mean. That's not the worst. Out of this whole lineup, he's not the worst player that they pick by far. He is a serviceable NHLer, which I think the majority of these players are not. So, David Perron, I can live with that pick. Okay, uh, moving on to the humanitarian Nobel Peace Prize running uh, guy himself, Pierre Edward Bellamar, making under $2 million to 2019. Rumors are that he's going to be named captain, but he didn't want it, so he's going to give it to Connor Brickley, who they took from Carolina, who's going to be in the minor leagues. Thoughts on, on Bellamar? Yeah, I mean, he's really just a glorified minor leaguer, and people in Philadelphia love him for no reason. I get it. He's a nice guy, but, like, I don't know, man. He's Belvar, like, just another relevant player. That I, I think I hate him. I He's my, my second most hated player in the entire National Hockey League is that guy. I wonder what people did. Did most people did not agree with our take that that was the dumbest thing ever when he did that on the No, I got yelled at. I got yelled at very hard by everybody. And I saw I saw somebody coming at you today on the Twitter account, and they were a Flyers fan. This was the upset of the century. So he had tweeted something out about Bellamar, and then the Flyers fan was coming at him about grammatical errors in the tweets. Like I didn't know you guys know how to read Philadelphia. So good on you. Good on you. Uh, sorry, we're getting helmet decals made for our summer hockey team. Focus, you put your phone down. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're getting made like right now. Um, this is awesome. Come on, man. I don't want to look like a fucking idiot. All right. Uh, William Carlson of the Columbus Blue Jackets, $1 million left. He's a restricted free agent in 2018-19. Uh, 
Got sick, blonde flow. Uh, nothing really on him. 24 years old. I feel like he'll just be like a good depth, like third, third or fourth liner. Maybe second liner. He's like, he has a great set of hair on him. And he's kind of like, it's weird because did they, uh, he's like Marcus Kruger light. He's basically just the same exact model of a Swedish center who plays the two way game and doesn't hit for shit and like has a bad scoring touch. All right. Moving on. Uh, here, this was kind of weird. So. Florida Panthers let, I, I think it has to do with the budget, how they're trying to, like, decrease the budget, but they let Jonathan, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, March or so, 30-goal scorer last year. Uh, they let Vegas take him, and then they gave them Riley Smith, who must have a shitty contract, and I think, was it a first-round pick or something along those lines? I didn't really understand any of that. But this kid looks like he's pretty good, dude. He scored 30 goals on an average Florida Panther team. It wasn't really like he was playing with anybody that fucking sick. So... Somebody to hang around. He's he's making under a million dollars. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent after this year. So I think that's probably a pretty good pickup for him. Yeah, I mean, Marshall's a good player. He's small. He's like five foot nine. He'll probably, I don't think he'll ever hit 30 goals again, but I think he'll be in the 20. He's a great expansion draft player. Then the other sneaky thing, too, is Riley Smith. He's making like five million years, five million a year. He's super overpaid and uh, so inconsistent. He used to drive me fucking nuts in Boston, but... His coach last year when he had his career year was Gerard Gallant, so they're getting reunited, and that could be the best thing possible for his career. Ooh, good call. Good call. Uh, moving on, Buffalo Sabres uh, pick, William Carrier. The only reason I know this guy is because when I play NHL, the first thing I do is I go to the Sabres and I just abuse them because I hate the Sabres, and I just offer them stupid picks for all the guys that I know are going to be good in a couple of years, and this is guy I normally get. Yeah, uh, I fucking hate William Carrier with a passion. This is the guy that punched McQuaid when the rest are holding back his arms. Oh, man, okay. So, so this guy, I mean... So he's gritty. God damn it. I, I hope the Bruins <laughs> lay him up the first time to play because there's no reason this guy deserves being that. He has like 10 points in 90 games, and he threw a fucking punch in McQuaid on his arms. You're fucking tied up, so I fucking hate this guy for life. Honestly, honestly, I hope that this guy's like, you know what, I made the expansion team. And we need some grit in the lineup. And uh, England's old as fuck, so I'm going to be the fighter. And he just gets his face punched in for 10 years. And he ends up passed out behind a slot machine in 2033. Speaking of fighter, next guy, Chris Thorburn. Nail gun. Just cement hands. Zero brain out of Winnipeg. Uh, I kind of like this. I, I always kind of like Chris Thorburn <laughs> for like some weird reason. He doesn't really do much except for fight, but he's just big and he'll go with anybody. Dude, I honestly have never like even noticed Chris Thorburn, and I and he, I remember seeing on Twitter people like, "Oh, Las Vegas is going like thirty games this year," and I was like, "What the fuck are they talking about?" And I look up on my screen, it's like, "Las Vegas selects thirty-four year old Chris Thorburn for their expansion <laughs> team." It's like, "Oh, good luck, Las Vegas." Like, <laughs> can you imagine being? What does that say about the Winnipeg Jets that the best available player that they? I know they did they do a trade too. Yeah, they did a trade. So there's like one or two players they didn't want him to touch, but the best available player after that was Chris Thorburn. That's yikes. That shows your depth, uh, Winnipeg. So get that together. Uh, Toronto sent a uh, minor league player. Don't really know anything about him. The Rangers. What's uh, his name? Brendan Leipzig. Brendan Leipzig. Says minor leagues. Not not really a big guy. Uh, they took Oscar Lindbergh from the Rangers, which fucks me over royally. This guy, he... Came off of surgery this year, played like shit. I hated him, and then he finally healed up, probably three quarters away through the year, and started playing very well. Uh, he's he's got a little bit of grit to his game. He's got a little bit of skill. He was on, I'm pretty sure, first or second line for Sweden when they won the uh, the International Hockey Federation Championship, or whatever. 
finally starting to kind of figure his shit out. But other than the fact that we're losing like a pretty cheap, reliable depth centerman, I think this may put all the stops to a potential Derek Stepan trade, which is something that I've been looking forward to ever since Bob McKenzie said that his name was out on the market. So that one stung. That one hurt me a lot. Um, the only thing I have on Oscar Lindbergh is not this year, but the year before the Bruins were playing the Rangers in a preseason game. The Bruins got their asses kicked. And then after the game, the Rangers had the audacity to Apparently, they have this prestigious award they give out every year to the best player in the preseason and training camp, and yep. he won it, so I think he's a loser for the rest of his life. Uh, all right. How do you guys give out a preseason award? It's like it's oh. like named after some Swedish guy. I forget what it is, but yeah, they do it every fucking year. Um, yeah. yeah, it's I'm not. I don't agree with it. Great five-game fucking Um, I don't know what team this guy, Timu Polkinen, where did he come from? Uh, Arizona, but he's bounced around. Okay. You know, I think because I can talk about him. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming he's a Finnish player. Does he make the Finnish Olympic team usually or no? Wow, so he's young. So he's young. And he has an unbelievable shot. He's like a scorer. He lit up the AHL. He lit up, like, the Finnish league. I think he, like, tied Team Muslani records and stuff like that. Unbelievable shot. Absolute sniper. Slow as fuck. Yeah. So, so he was, like, Detroit's best prospect, and he couldn't make it there. And he bounced around the waiver wire and shit like that last year. So, I mean, honestly... For a team that's going to suck next year as bad as the Knights are, not a terrible pick because maybe he figures it out. Maybe he gets a little quicker in the offseason to try some of that Las Vegas powder and <laughs> figures it out. Maybe he pots 15-20. I mean, he has potential to be an NHL goal scorer, so not the worst pick. Okay. Um, the Minnesota Wild gave up Eric Halla. They gave up a couple people, Big but uh, they did that so Vegas wouldn't pick Dumba, Brody, and any of those uh defenseman that they exposed so i think eric hall is supposed to be a pretty all right player right i think his upside second line forward yeah i mean i think he, i think ideally in the nhl he's like a good third line player okay super fast unbelievable penalty killer breakaway speed just another role player though i mean it's not a bad pick and they got prospects out there so it could have been worse but honestly i don't understand i get that you're like loading up on assets but i would have been like fuck you minnesota i'm taking matt dumba Kick rocks. Yeah, I mean, Matt Dumb is a fucking great player. And again, like this draft isn't supposed to be that strong. So uh, I don't I don't get it. I, I, I understand what Las Vegas is doing. They're trying to build. And the thing that sucks for them is they don't have a prospect pool. So they're, I think ideally what they're trying to do is create that prospect pool that every fan base wants and every team wants. But at the same time, you first need to put a product on the ice. And Matt Dumbo would have been like a cornerstone defenseman. No, and for you're sure. Going to pick other players to trade for picks. So I dumb move, I think. Yep, and then the last four they picked is future captain Connor Brickley after he was given it uh, from Pierre Edouard Bellamar. So now we're going to go to defense, and we kind of what? That's Andy Brickley's cousin or nephew. Oh my god! I'll proceed. It's the Brick family. <laughs> well, Shout out to Nesson. I hope Brick and. Uh, and Jack are sipping mimosas out on, like, the North Shore right now. So shout-out to those boys. Um, so we went through the forwards, and obviously there's really not too many star players. I mean, James Neal's pretty good. Mar- Marshall put up 30 goals, but he's only done it once. Uh, no real first, second-line players, I would say. But they took 13 defensemen, so there's no way that they're going to keep all these people. So I, I imagine these some of these guys are going to be traded for picks or maybe for better forwards, stuff like that. So... We're going to go through the defenseman right now. Uh, Mark Mathot from Ottawa. I think he's a great player. I think Eric Carlson's going to miss him a little bit. I, I don't think Eric Carlson's game's really going to fucking drift off at all, but I feel like he was a very good uh, compliment to Eric Carlson's playing style. 
that was my little Mark Mathot thing. Plus, he looks tough as fuck. Yeah, I mean, I mean personally, people are keep talking about how they're going to trade him. I wouldn't trade Mark Mathot. I would make him the cornerstone defenseman. I know that's not saying much, but I mean, at least you have a veteran there who stay at home and he can be a leader to the younger defenseman. And he's the type of guy that can actually bring like a locker room presence, which the majority of those forwards like are not going to. So I mean, Mark Mathot to me is a great pickup for an expansion team, and I would keep him for the duration of his contract. Yeah, that's my no, I, I probably would too. I mean, he's locked up till twenty nineteen twenty. He's making just under five mil a year. The only way you trade him is if you can get like a potential second or first line center, but. I don't think you're going to be able to get Well, maybe. Mark Thought's pretty good if you get him to like a, a team that's really looking for something like that. That's another, like, I would wait to the trade deadline. Yeah, and just see what you could get. Uh, second, Cannon from the point, power play specialist Jason Garrison. I hate Jason Garrison. Yeah, I think his career is pretty much over, dude. He's 32 years old. He doesn't really do shit anymore. No, I mean, he had, like, 16 goals last year, I think. Slap shot from the point, but he's just a fucking, he's the worst. Yeah. Uh, Alexi Emelin, we just talked about it. His career is over. Um, Lucas Spiza, uh, Vancouver Canuck, kind of bounced around from a few different teams. I, I, we follow a couple Canucks fans on our Twitter timeline. I, I think every Canuck fan was hoping that he was going to be picked. Don't really have much on him. Yeah, no, he's just... I mean, the idea of having a defenseman from Switzerland is like the worst idea in the world. It's like, work for a position that's supposed to be like tough as nails... And protect your team. Let's go get a guy from the biggest neutral country. In the <laughs> yeah, they they don't like conflict. He should be a vegan dairy farmer, not an NHL defenseman. Yeah, um, I'm gonna move on to two pretty tough defensemen, uh, Clayton Stoner and Brady McNabb from the Ducks and the uh, Kings. I kind of like this. I don't know if the, if they would be matched well playing against each other, but those are two pretty tough fucking dudes. Yeah, I mean. Clayton Stoner, I mean, the only story I got on that is I used to play youth hockey with a kid named Gordy Stoner. And uh, when he was playing defense, the coaches would have to tell him when to turn around or else he would just keep skating backwards all the way into the board. So Stoner defenseman are always pretty, pretty big prowess on the blue line. <laughs> Great vision. Who was the other one you said, Schlemko? No, Brady McNabb. Oh, yeah, I, I actually like McNabb. He's only like 25, 26. He's kind of tough. He's like a Canadian boy. I, I like McNabb. I can see him being like a potential guy that actually stays there for a while. Yeah. He'll probably play more minutes than he actually should, but realistically, I think he would be a great second pairing defenseman in the future, so that's a pretty good pick. Okay. Um, David Schlemko, Ducks. irrelevant. Yeah, I don't even want to talk about him. John Merrill, another fucking irrelevant guy. Uh, your boy, Colin Miller. I was pretty surprised that the Bruins protected Kevin Miller, not Colin Miller. Yeah, chiller. I mean, I'm gonna miss him. I Chill he has all, he has all the potential in the world. He has a can of a slap shot. He's a great hip check, younger guy. He can skate. Kind of hurts to lose him. I've been super excited about him, but the fact of the matter is, uh, we have Charlie McAvoy and Brandon Carlo on the right side of our defense for years to come, and he's a right shot. So, not really room there. And I think we're gonna be pretty okay on that side of the D blue line for a while. And I don't mind having either Kevin Miller at McQuaid as my third pair defenseman just because I like someone who can fight. So it doesn't hurt that much, but what's really going to hurt is all the talks that he's going to get traded to Toronto and he's going to be playing against us. He's probably going to like kill us and it's going to fucking suck. All right. Uh, we have to hurry this up because we're going to have a special guest on here in five minutes, three to five minutes. Uh, Trevor Van Riemsdyk, JBR's little brother. I think probably a good younger player. 
somebody that could probably learn from a Mark Bathot. Uh Griffin Reinhardt, one of the biggest busts ever. I don't think ever. I, I mean, mean I he's a, he was like, a fourth overall pick, and this is the first time I've heard him since that draft. Yeah, I mean, fuck, I was trying to think of. Uh, I mean, he's not Alexander Dag, but like, I feel also, like Hugh Jessman's not walking through that door. Let's not call him the biggest. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, dude, I, I don't know, man. Has Griffin Reinhardt played any NHL games? Yes, I'm pretty. Does he like play? Uh, I didn't see him in the playoffs. Uh, I don't think. I mean, I think he's played more than your boy did. Than Hugh? Yeah, maybe. Um, the Reinhardt family and the Strom family are two families I don't get the fucking obsession over. But yeah, most two. overrated families in hockey. Oh, Stahls. Stahls, Reinhardt's, and fucking the other ones. Stroms. Um, Derek Anglin signed a $1 million contract. He's there. You know that guy's going to be fucking keeping people in line. Um, and yeah, oh, that's what I... Can't rush perfection. Derek Anglin... Derek England, the fun fact that he played in the ECHL in Las Vegas and he decided that he was going to go back and live in Las Vegas every summer since makes so much sense. Oh, he lives there in the summer? Yeah, he is a resident of Las Vegas and he has been for like 10 years. That makes so much sense. What's the the over-under on how many times he's been to the Bunny Ranch? I would. I don't think he's a big member. I'd say like five. He do, probably goes on special. Do you think Derek Anglin's fucking penetrated Air Force Amy? I think Air Force Amy's probably penetrated. Air Force. <laughs> probably, dude. Uh, and then last defenseman Nate Schmidt, pretty solid defenseman from Washington. Um, dude, honestly, like if they if they if they're pretty smart with their defense, they're not gonna. They're, they have a better defense than the Rangers. They just don't have that like. I know they. What. They do not have a better defense than the Rangers. The Rangers have Mike McDonough and Brady Shea, and then everybody yeah. else is worse than everybody yeah, else on that, this list. That's leaps and bounds ahead of the rest of the defense. Mark Mathot's a very good player. Alexi Emlin's pretty decent. Clayton Stoner's pretty decent. Brady McNabb's pretty decent. Colin Miller could be somebody. Trevor Van Riemsdyk. I think that's a better six than what the Rangers had in the playoffs. I, I just, my point is, I think that uh, Brady Shea has a higher ceiling than any of them by a long shot. Yeah, probably, but he's not there yet. Um, and then goalies, goalies were kind of weird. They're, they're going to be running Marc-Andre Fleury because everybody kind of knew that. But then they did Jean Francois, uh, Berube, and Calvin Pickard. I didn't see the Calvin Pickard one coming, but I, de- I mean, now that I think about it, I really don't think that, like, they wanted Carl Soderberg from the fucking Avalanche, so. Yeah, I mean, neither, those, both those backup goalies are going to get lit up. It's kind of dumb because I thought there was actually some better players out there. I mean, personally, I would have taken a waiver on, uh, Cam Ward, but. I don't know. Calvin Picard's all right. He's played on such a bad team, and his save percentage isn't terrible. I'm surprised they didn't take Anti Ranta. That was my only thing. I thought there was a good chance that they were going to take him because, but I don't know. I think Rangers may end up packaging him anyway. That's how I guess that's how much they value that other Swedish fuck you guys gave up. But Barubi's terrible. Yeah, all that goalie drama for like some guy who's like not really even all that great. Uh, so yeah, that's Las Vegas. I think. Do you think they're better than Buffalo? No. All right, one second. Now joining us on the podcast, uh, one of one of our favorite listeners. He's been on the show before. Uh, he he's been kind of uh, you know on the watch ever since Dan Girardi's been bought out by the New York Rangers. Andrew Karski Bush is now on the podcast. Seventy, what's up, buddy? Hey, buddy, how we doing? Good, man. How you doing? Um, 
know, I've had better days. What what are what are you doing right now? Let us let us know exactly what you're doing. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I'm Tell- a double feature. I'm in a double feature movie at the drive-ins. All right, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. We just wanted to get you get you on the podcast and just let you know that we are doing it. Yeah, that's good to hear, dude. I thought you guys fell off the face of the earth, honestly. We we went over that at the beginning of the show. Hal, do you have anything for seventy? Yeah, Carson, you're a candy ass, bud. Wow, I'm a candy ass coming from the guy who can't even shit out a podcast once a month. <laughs> All right, <laughs> 70, 70, What's the second movie playing at the drive-ins right now? Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Hey, have fun. Have fun with your girl power, and let us know what you think of the podcast tomorrow. Wow, yeah, absolutely. Of course, I will. What, one second. One second. Hal has something to say to you. I said, have fun uh, protesting outside Planned Parenthood after the Wonder Woman movie. Thanks, dude. Fucking support <laughs> Planned Parenthood, dude. All right. See you, seventy. See you, buddies. Boy, I. <sighs> wow. Thoughts on yeah. 70 going to see Wonder Woman? Kids in love. Yeah, I feel like sometimes you just fucking take those battles. You know what I mean? Like, live, live to fight another day on something like that. You could tell You could tell in his breath. He took a big sigh. I knew it, was, I knew it wasn't going to be great. You know he's not there by himself. It's not like he took the boys out to go see Wonder Woman at the drive-ins. Yeah, fair enough. My plan parent, I come out. It was a little harsh for him. So I apologize, 70. It'll be okay. Uh, all right, moving on. Adidas jerseys. I feel like ho- people in the hockey community just love the bitch for no reason. I think they all look pretty much exactly the same. The only team that I would be pissed off at the jer- the Nashville Predators jerseys are like the most disgusting things I've ever seen. Those are very bad. There's a picture on Twitter right now of the Las Vegas Golden Knights or the Vegas Golden Knights, and. I don't think they have like white gloves with like yellow trim on the top of them. I don't think they're going to be wearing those gloves. So I think that kind of made everything look way worse than what it was. I think their white jerseys are actually pretty fucking sick. Their dark jerseys, I think they're trying to, they were trying to go with like the North American World Cup type style with that gray. And I think they just failed miserably. Yeah, I mean, I think the truth of the matter is that, yeah, that, you know what, kind of look like Germany's jerseys from the World Cup. Yeah. It's too hard to recreate what jerseys used to be like, so people are always going to like the generic classic ones, but, I mean, you just kind of have to get used to the new ones. I think Adidas kind of did some stupid shit, though. Wait, I don't think you meant Germany, man, because there wasn't a Germany team. Yeah, well, kick rocks. I uh, no, I think it's North American, because they had, like, the dark gray, the black, but they had, like, an orangish-red kind of thing, and then Team yeah. Europe was, like, teal. Yeah, you're right. It probably was. It was probably Team North America. Yeah. I mean, I think the Team North America jerseys look way better. I don't know. I think they're trying to do too many colors in there. They have gray, black, red, gold. Like, just pick like two. Run but it's out. like Las Vegas, though. They can't go conservative. You gotta go balls out. I mean, as long as they don't wear those fucking gloves, I don't think it's gonna be that bad. Sure. Uh, did you see the Predator jerseys? Yeah. Why did they like the collar and the top of the jersey? It's just like, yellow. Looks like a practice jersey. I don't. Yeah, I. That was the only jersey where I was just like, what the fuck did they just do? They switched up Minnesota's a little bit where they, they made like the center kind of like a, uh, instead of just a plain stripe, it looks like a wild stripe, if you will. But Yeah, no, I mean, really no changes. Adidas pretty much 
I think they did the right thing in not making any changes because they made like one change, big change, which was Nationals, and they got dumped on. So it's good to just fucking play cool. And while we're talking about jerseys, dude, can, I just need to bring this up to you. Have you ever like talked like I love hockey. I love people that watch hockey, but there definitely are hockey hardos. Do you understand the whole hockey hardo thing where they're like they're called sweaters and not jerseys? Like, have you ever called a jersey a sweater? I've literally never called a jersey a sweater. I have, but I mean, I've called it a sweater before, but like, you you, pro- you probably like had to think about calling it a sweater though. Yeah, I mean, it's more of like to me, it's like a Canadian slang. It's not like it's not like the accepted thing. Like, if you go out of your way to call it a sweater, because that's what they called it, because back in like nineteen ten, they actually wore literal sweaters, and you're a fucking. I kind of I tend to agree with that. I didn't really understand any of that. Uh, so now we're gonna kind of get to the whole award ceremony portion of it. First off, Catherine Tappan going tits out for the boys. At first, I was like, "Ooh," and then there wasn't. I don't think there was enough. Yeah. So yeah, she, I mean, I'm she very has to fix her. that. I think if you're gonna wear something like that, we're really gonna show off a set. Like you have to have a nicer set. No offense, she's a beautiful lady, but. Yeah, I mean, I'm hot and cold on Catherine Tappan going back to her Nesson days. I told you, I mean, I can't get the picture out of my head that she looks like B from Always Sunny. Yeah, a little bit. A little bird, a little birdish, if you will. Yeah, <laughs> They're very similar looking. She looked good, though. She had her tan on. The what, the weird thing, I don't know if you know. Are you like me now? Are you like me now? Are you like me now? Sorry. Nice. Gotta get that going. Yeah. We'll talk about That was brutal. But I was going to say. She is oily. She was like oiled up. Oh, she big time, that. big time, yeah. Yeah, big time. Either she up. was oiled up, but they said it was like 115 degrees outside today. So either she was oiled up or like very sweaty. Yeah, we sweat, so we can't really say. Anything. Yeah, that was kind of a premature play, but we're gonna talk about this really quick. What the fuck was with that song all the time? I don't know. The the whole the whole idea that they were they would introduce a player and then the player wouldn't even say anything. He would just go out there, shake some hands, and then leave. And then the song would turn off. It was fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it was kind of uh, fucking. I don't even know what that was. And it kind of looked like they like they had a live band playing there, but that was clearly like off of a uh, like CD. So I think the live band was just like not doing anything. I honestly, I think um, the NHL awards are so bad. We've talked about this for so long, but everyone's so nervous and I feel like everyone's reading off a cue card. It literally reminds me of like when you're in eighth grade and you have to do a presentation and you didn't do anything on it. So you have a PowerPoint and you're like reading from the slides, just fucking hoping you get like a C. Hey, quick shout out to Dale. They're called slide decks, not PowerPoints. What's a slide deck? It's a PowerPoint, but that's what Dale calls it is a slide deck. Dale and Hans- Dale and Hanson. That's not a thing. Yep, slide decks. But yeah, like I remember in college, like when you do like a presentation on PowerPoint, the teachers would always yell. They'd be like, "Don't read off of the PowerPoint because we're literally reading what's on the PowerPoint. Talk about what you wrote there." But like they were just, yeah, it's it's too like it's too converse. Like just let fucking just let them spin. Let booby spin, man. Yeah, and I mean they they get terrible celebrities. They always get the most awkward celebrities in the world, and they pair them with some like eighty-year-old NHL player that hasn't spoken in front of the camera. Yeah, like, dude, like the guy from Goon. I'm so sick of that fucking guy. Like, what? Yeah. What has he done to like deserve to fucking go to these things? He Jingle. made and the and the kids that fucking think that Goon is a great movie, go fuck yourself, dude. Go watch Mystery Alaska or go watch fucking watch Miracle, watch Young Blood. 
Literally watch any other hockey movie. I think Goon is the most overrated, not only hockey movie, but just movie of all time. It's really not that good. Yeah, I mean, it has a couple of moments, but I watched it once. That's what I'm saying. It's not, and like, not. The Percocet line was good. I talked to this one girl a while back, and like, she liked hockey, and Goon 2 came out, and she's like, and like, I hate Goon. And she's like, oh my god, you're not going to believe what's coming out. And like, I got kind of excited. I was like, what? She's like, Goon 2, we have to see it. And I was like, well, I'm breaking up with you. Sure. Yeah, dude, just got to let them know. Uh, next, oh, and then lastly, just about the, did Pierre Maguire drop a dick joke? Yeah, some, I think he did. Something about what they called his nickname in college or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like, uh, like defensive stick or something about that. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it was pretty good because, Pierre Maguire knows he can throw out a dick joke, and it's not like anyone will get offended. Just no one's gonna fucking laugh. He gave himself like a good chuckle after that one. It's because he it's because he looks like a dick. If I saw, I know you you're really big into this, but if I think if I saw Pierre Maguire in public, I'd give him a wet willy and then fucking give him a spanking. Did I tell you that's my new thing? Is wet willing people? I told you that the other day, right? It's a great power move. It's a huge power move, man. But you have to be ready to get punched in the face. Because I think if anybody that I didn't know like wet willied me, I'd be right, probably ready to fucking go. Yeah, I would not. I would not be pleased as well. All right, and then that was just kind of like a quick recap of all like the big things that kind of. Well, they really weren't that big. Um, now we're gonna go on to our awards. Um, the Calder Award was given to Austin Matthews. He got. I think he. There are only three three people that voted for him not to win it. I don't know. I I, I keep thinking Patrick Line kind of looks like one of those, uh, like a villain from Die Hard. He looks like a Nazi. He's like the he has blue eyes, blonde hair. Yeah. Uh, I think I think Matthews probably should have won, but I don't understand why Line didn't get more votes. They pretty much had the exact same stats. Yeah, one one mean, made I the just, playoffs. One didn't. Is that what it was? Yeah. I mean, I I think. I mean, Matthews is the better all-around player, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he had a sick year, but I think just Matthews being the first overall pick and playing in Toronto and them having equivalent years, I think those things just give him the edge wherever everyone gave him the vote. Because really, it could go either way. If you weren't biased and you just looked at the numbers, yeah. I mean, go for either person, I think so. I think it's because he's a center and his team that didn't make the playoffs for forever finally made it. One thing, though, Zach Rowenski, I think in any other year, probably would have won it. That kid had a fucking sick year. He had a very, very good year, so quick shout-out to him. Plus, he didn't he block a shot with his face or some shit? Guy's tough. Yeah, tweeted it or whatever. Vesna went to ar- arguably, like, uh, the biggest... What's the fucking word I'm looking for? Uh, it's like when you're supposed to be good, but, like, you only show up in, like, spurts. Inconsistent? I guess inconsistent, but there's a different word. But uh, Bobrovsky ends up winning the Vesna. He had a good year. You really never know what that fucking guy's going to do. I think this is the second Vesna. He had a pretty great year, man. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but yeah, he is just one of those goalies. He either has a good year or a bad year, and I think it helps, too, that playing in front of a John Tortorella team where you know they're just blocking shots and they're all in on defense. Just a great, I don't know. There's not much you can say about him to disagree with the voting. I think it would have been closer. I mean, who would you give it to instead? Is there anybody that stands out to you this year? I feel like it was a weird goalie year. I mean, probably fucking Braden Holpe, man. Washington yeah, had a sick year, won a lot of games. He was also on a pretty good team. I mean, Bobrovsky had a 931 save percentage. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, he did have a good year. Plus, I don't, I don't know. 
Moving on. Uh, the Norris Trophy goes to one of my favorite defensemen in the entire league, one of your least favorite defensemen, Brett Burns. Uh, what do you got on Burnsy? Yeah, I mean, Brent Burns is the man, dude. Dude, you I can't you Brent. can't tell me that if you went out one night with Brent Burns that you want to have like the time of your life. Brent Burns would probably drink fucking chai lattes and fucking. No way, dude! Green. That guy's gas and uh, beers. No, he's not. He's dude. He's so fake. I get it. his kids are on the Texas ranch or the fucking Sasquatch or whatever. <laughs> That's a sick joke. I don't know. I'm sick of him. His man bun's stupid. His beard. They made a couple teeth jokes throughout the presentation of the night. Just he was just on full effect. Like I'm so sick to so not sick. I'm just sick of him. I'm happy. I don't have to hear his name. It's weird. Eric Carlson would have been. I've been so against him winning that trophy, but I could see him earning it. Play great in the playoffs. Yeah, I th- playoffs don't count. But. Yeah, that's what I think. If playoffs counted, I think it was Eric Carlson. Like no doubt. Also, I just. Shout out to Ken because I made this joke. Tory Crew got a second place vote, so whoever the drunk person is, Tory Crew got a great year. But I can't believe he got a second place vote for Norris. But low key, that put him ahead of Ryan McDonough. McDonough. It definitely did. Ryan McDonough got more votes, but he didn't get a second place vote. Like Tory Crew literally only got one second place vote. And that was it. <laughs> How do you do that? Like who was like I'm gonna throw my? I bet you it was Joe Haggerty. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Joe Haggerty is always sweating all over his computer. Oh, dude, I have to look this up. Keep talking about Joe Haggerty, because this is like a really fucking funny tweet by by somebody that was pissed off that Carlson didn't win, and it's going to take me two seconds. Joe Haggerty looks like somebody who goes on a bender of Hot Pockets and then shits his pants. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, where the fuck is it? Okay, uh, Ian Mendez, uh, he's Twitter verified. Uh, James Duffy originally wrote, to the nine writers who had Carlson third, the fourth had him fourth, and three who had him fifth. And then, then this Ian Mendez guy goes, this is exhibit A for why the voting process needs to be transparent. Writers should have to defend their voting. I mean, I don't want to read through a bunch of like double-spaced short answers as to why you're voting for somebody. I think it would be kind of cool, though, if some of the writers were just like, here are my votes. I think that would be kind of cool just to see who your beat writers. Like, who who votes for the Rangers, like, media? Is it like Larry Brooks? Probably, uh, yeah, dude. This is Steve Zappay, who blocked me on fucking Twitter. Rick Carpinello blocked me on Twitter, dude. I could see, like, Steve Zappay voting for, like, Andy Green or something like that. I I think it would be kind of interesting. Like, do I want to hear their opinions? No, but, like, just so you can point and be like, oh, that's the village idiot. You know what I mean? Yeah, who do you think Stan Fischler voted for? Oh, Stan Fischler is the type of guy that actually might have voted for Tory Crew. Hundred percent, see that because that he's like your grandpa when he starts to lose it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent, man. Yeah. Uh, moving on, moving on to probably. I think, you think we could somehow trick him to being on our podcast without him even knowing he's on our podcast. Stan Fischler. His phone number. We gotta find his phone number. If you guys are listening to this, anybody has a connection to Stan Fisher, I would love to just talk to him. I wouldn't even want to talk hockey. I just want to see what type of words he can put together at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not as bad as Sam Rosen, who like literally like looks at a wall as the Rangers games are going on, and that's how he announces it. Uh, your favorite trophy, probably more than the Stanley Cup, the Selkie Award, goes to Weekend at Bergies. Do your thing. I mean... I think Ryan. I think Ryan Kessler got jipped out of that. 
Yeah, but he's Ryan Kessler, so he can fucking kick rocks. I mean, it's great to see Ryan Kessler cry again. Low-key, Miko Koivu actually looked like he was crying, which was like kind of scary because it's just the Selkie Award. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's cool. Bergeron had a down here, too. Four, four Selkies, ties him with Bob. Was he, he was hurt. Didn't that come out that he was hurt? Yeah, he was hurt all year. I forget what he hurt. But he did I it, mean, like, at the beginning of the year. Like, he was hurt for a while. The whole season, yeah. So, I mean... I, I don't have to go on about this. Like, I know, I think at this point it went from Bergeron's underrated to everyone just knows Bergeron's doing Bergeron things. Yeah. Life's hot. I'm pregnant, so I mean. So hot. Uh, the award to the biggest pussy on the face of the earth, the guy who exemplifies the best sportsmanship and doesn't get penalties and pretty much just turtles, uh, goes to Johnny Gaudreau. Um, Johnny Hockey kind of makes it kind of fits because he's just kind of like that little like little brother type like good guy says sir ma'am type person. But what the people don't really know is who he, you know what he's really like. I have a few stories that I'm not going to share on this air airwaves, but uh, he's really not that uh, what's where clean person I guess you could say. But uh, Johnny Gaudreau wins the Lady Bing thoughts. Why do they still give that award out? Like, who cares? If, if you want a Lady Bing, they should, like, give that to you at, like, a Holiday Inn Express conference sermon in front of, like, 50 people in Newark, New Jersey. Like, I don't care who had the least amount of penalties in the year. It's such a stupid award. Here, here, not- here's a question for you, though, dude. Ryan O'Reilly, I, I think he won the Lady Bing, or he was definitely in, the like, the final three or whatever, drove his truck drunk into a Tim Hortons. So is he, like, an undercover, like badass who's just trying to play a role that he's not that bad, which makes him even more dangerous. Oh, so maybe we cracked the code. Lady Bing might be like the secret cool guys. It could be, yeah, like the se- like like the serial killers of the NHL. Did Mike Ribeiro ever win the Lady Bing? No, I don't think so. No, <laughs> he didn't. It took me a second to kind of figure that out. I was like, nope, that guy is always drunk. You just watch that calculate in your brain. Uh, one of my favorite award recipients of the night, John Tortorella, wins the uh, Jack Adams Award. Said something funny. He's like, I appreciate the uh, broadcasters because if it was the media, I know I wouldn't have won this. I'm uh, pretty sure when he got up there, somebody said, fuck you, Torts. And he goes, hey, thanks. Uh, I've always been a Tortorella guy. I don't really know how he won this, though. Uh, I thought for sure Babcock had it in the bag. I don't like Babcock, but he's like a god in Canada, so I figured that was going to be like a no-brainer. I think this was probably the biggest um, surprise of the night, award-wise. I mean, I think it's just because they had such a good regular season. I mean, he's a regular season coach. It's a regular season award. I think I think the Babcock thing, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting because Babcock took a young team back to the promised land in the big market. It seems like the perfect story for the – And he's Babcock. Board. Yeah, so – I mean, honestly, I think they might have actually kind of gotten it right. I'm not the biggest Tortorella fan, but I think, I mean, Columbus got, like, criticized for hiring him, like, big time. Like, why the fuck do you think he's going to fix your team? And, I mean, they have some good pieces, but they have absolutely no great pieces. And he's done a pretty good job with that. I think my favorite thing about it is after the United States lost in the World Cup of Hockey, people would just wanted Jack, uh, John Tortorella, like, out of a coaching job, how he's a terrible coach, and then he goes down and he wins the coach of the year. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, what a year. Yeah, roller coaster of emotion. Um, and then move over Sidney Crosby. There's new Hart Trophy winner, Connor McDavid, and he's going to be on the cover of NHL 18. Uh the guy, 
I mean, I didn't watch him a lot during the regular season. I had NHL center ice, but I, normally I would just, like, I don't know, watch The Office and go to sleep. But I watched a lot of him in the playoffs. That He's so fucking good. He He's, like, leaps and bound better than everybody else. It's crazy what that guy can do at the speeds that he does it. Um, I, I mean, if I... <laughs> If I if I'm in one game like right now and I need to pick between him and Crosby, I'm probably going to pick Crosby just because he has the experience. He's been there. He's done that. He's won every award you possibly could. But Connor McDavid is definitely coming. Yeah, I think I think tonight was kind of like the passing of the guard, whether people realize it or not. I'm not saying that. I don't. I know Cindy Crosby has his concussion issues and all that. I don't think he's at the end of his career at all. I, I think he's still going to play at a really high level. But I think tonight was the night where. It's really being publicized, and it's like, okay, it's no longer that Connor McDavid is coming. Like, Connor McDavid is here. Yeah. And next year, he's going to be expected to put up more points than this year. And he put up 100 points, so that's crazy. Mm-hmm. He had 70, like, I know it's not like how they used to score back in the day, but he had 71 even, even strength points. Like, thinking about that and thinking about, like, the players on the Bruins, you could probably think about the guys on the Rangers. Like, nothing close to that. No. On Dude, the Rangers haven't had a 70-point score probably since Yager. Like, Zuccarello's led the team in points the last couple years, and he's normally, like, in, like, the 60s. Yeah, you're right. Well, the Bruins are always like that, too, until this year. But, I mean, it hats off to him. It's pretty cool to watch him come up and, like... Although, is that his girlfriend? Did you see the girl next to him? Is that his girlfriend? He didn't kiss her. It could have been his sister. Yeah, because if Connor McDavid has a girlfriend, he's doing everything wrong. Yeah, I would. I tend to agree with that. Uh, so, so those were the awards. Now we're gonna we're gonna do our awards this year. So, if you've been listening in for however many podcasts that we've done, we do a Dominic Moore Hero and Zero segment every single uh, episode, and this is the end of the year. So, we're gonna do our 2016, 2017 Heroes and Zeros all time. So, uh, who wants to go first here? You go first, bud. You want my hero? Yeah. Yours truly. In 2016-2017, I have won the Eric James Memorial Trophy. I've won the Summer Championship in Navy Molson. I won a tournament in Lake Placid, a tournament in Rochester, and I was the Winter Molson Champion as well. Um, stars seem to align. I, I was always a big tournament guy. I never put it together during the regular season, and this year I I don't even know. I guess I just have to thank myself, really, over everybody else. Uh, I was the one who put in the work to do all this. I was the one who scored all the goals, got all the assists, led by example. I'm a leader among men. And, uh, I, yeah, just quick, quick thank you to myself. Um, my zero of the year goes to Mark Stahl and the entire Stahl family. I hope you all live miserable lives. I hope that you never find happiness. If you're married, I hope you get a divorce. Um... And I, I just, I'm so sick and tired of this family, and I'm just done with them. Uh, and my honorable mention is Elaine Vignon because the Rangers probably would have been the Eastern Conference Finals if you didn't put Mark Stahl, Dan Girardi, or Nick Holden on the ice with two minutes left to go in two of the games. So, hardcore honorable mention, but Mark Stahl, you really, you really did your all this year. So those are my heroes and zeros. That was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much talk about Mark Stahl on every single podcast, so it's fitting that you got him to go in. I had to. Actually, I rescind that because he doesn't even fucking deserve an award. My lose, my zero of the year goes to AV. <laughs> uh, hero of the year. Not really anything funny about this. Just kind of straightforward. Is Brad Marchand for me? Great year. Started at the World Cup. 
put up huge points on the line with Bergeron Crosby. Won gold for Canada. He's had his fair share of people that fucking hate him to death. Came out, had a huge year. I mean, I mean, he carried us this season. He really did for the Bruins. Put up career numbers. Deserved the huge contract extension. Just when people thought maybe he was getting tame at the end of the year, he speared a guy in the nuts just to remind everyone that he still is, in fact, Brad Marchand. Yep. All in all, just a great year for him. I'm so happy we have him locked up, like, thinking the back about how I always wanted Lucic to be a lifelong Bruin and Bergeron. And one came true, one didn't. And now he gets to know that Marchand's probably going to be a lifelong Bruin. It's a fucking dream come true. So, quick, 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 the Marchand front. quick question for you. 63 plus 37 is what? A hundred, dude. A hundred, dude. So that's my hero. Uh, zero, zero. I, I'm gonna go with two people: John Scott and PK Subban, and they kind of fit in together. PK Subban was on the whole tour, the Redemption tour, where he became a favorite, and then he does all these things through the camera, blah blah blah. I think he's fake as fuck. I saw that documentary on him that came out recently. Everyone was applauding. It's like, dude, like, I don't think that many people care that you celebrate goals. Like, I just think he does everything for the wrong reasons, and he's playing the victim card. And, I mean, I don't know, dude. Like, do you get what I'm saying with that? Like, Yeah, I don't, for sure. People really, I love P.K. Subban, the player. I love his celebrations. Do that many people really hate his celebrations? Or is that being blown out of proportion? <clears throat> I think I, it, I think it's just being blown out of proportion. I would like PK Subban way more if he just didn't talk to the media. Yeah, like just take it easy. So, and then it was fitting because my other favorite player, John Scott, like a beef that they had a couple years ago got brought out, and everyone was like, "Oh no, it's everybody's two favorite players." Like, whose side are we gonna pick? It's like fuck them both. The year of John Scott, I can't believe I had to deal with him. Thank God, I was so shocked that his mug didn't show up on my television screen tonight. For the NHL awards, and God bless NHL for not doing that. He's going to be a thing of the past. His movie's going to fucking flop if it ever happens. I'm still ready to move on from the year of those two. Honorable mention for loser of the year is our boy Dylan McElrath. Just a tough year for McElrath. I feel like we had... Not that tough. I don't know if you've been updated. He won a Calder Championship this year. <sighs> Which is great. I mean, maybe we'll make him the hero, because that's where he belongs, but... At the beginning of the year, I really thought this was his year. He made his mark on the NHL for the Rangers, and it just... Then he beat up Thomas Hurdle, dude, and it was all downhill from there. It fucking sailed, man. So, Nacorath, still love you. So those were our 2016-2017 Heroes and Zeros. <sighs> that was brought to you by Just Think About It. If you have any mental, or if you're sad, or depressed, or anything... Our buddy Dale is creating this new app called Just Think About, which gives you an outlet to talk to other people. If you're interested, be sure to contact us or at Dale Call on Twitter. Um, and then lastly, we are going to do our three stars. So Joe Manganello hosted the award ceremony tonight. I thought he sucked. Um, I was just kind of over it. So we're going to do our three stars. Who are the three people that you would want to host the NHL award ceremonies? You want to rotate back and forth? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay, so my first one goes to Paul Bissonnette. Uh, the guy's just a funny guy. He's real. He wouldn't read off the cue cards. He would just say exactly what he wanted to. And I think it was at another award ceremony or something along those lines. There's Somebody's interviewing Claude Giroux, 
and they were talking about like drinking and stuff and going out and, and Paul B. Snack goes, yeah, when I go out, you know, I give a girl a couple of vodkas and good night, Jim Kite. Like, I cannot believe that he got away with saying something like that in, in the world that we live in now. That was just like a couple years ago. So uh, Paul B. Snack, he brings some tits and some ass to it. And uh, I don't think he'd let Pierre Maguire say a word. So Paul B. Snack is one of my hosts. It's a good one. Great one, actually. I threw out the... Uh... Jack Edwards, our Bruins announcer, hometown announcer, you came up with this idea for me. I thought it was a pretty great one. Just have him fucking screaming at people, and oh, he'd be doing poetry, and he'd be rhyming, he'd be talking about the Revolutionary War. It would just be an emotional night. It would probably bring me to fucking tears. He might even say Rock and Sock and Robots a couple of times. That was one of my so favorite times is when he talked about the Revolutionary War. That was like an all-time moment leading up to a game where he just kind of made it sound like you were on the battlefield of Saratoga ready to get after it. I just, he's like, I know he's unlikable to most fans that aren't Bruins fans, but he's such a likable nerd to me because he's so fucking nerdy and he owns it in like a weird way. But... Not for yeah, sure. I, I mean, I'm a Rangers fan. I should probably hate the Bruins, and like my dad hates him. Everybody I know hates him, but I think he's he's. I think he's funny because I don't think he means to be funny. I think it's just that's who he is. Which is the best part? He's a fucking natural character. So yeah, you'd be a great pick. So that was a good call by you. Uh, my second one. Uh, if you guys haven't seen the YouTube guy, who just goes around chirping people, and he's like, "Hey, b- oh wait, no, this is a different guy." I got him confused. This is the guy where they're standing at the national anthem and the girl singing. He goes, "Oh yeah, right there. That's the G spot." You know what guy I'm talking about? No. You don't know what, it, dude? It's like it's some guy mic'd up in like a fucking like semi-professional hockey league. And he's just skating around. Like Chelios comes and he's like, "Chelios, what the fuck?" He's like, "You get a fucking tan." You don't remember that guy? I'll have to show you the video after. That guy's fucking so funny. You're telling me that you pick some a game to somebody you don't even know. I don't know his name, but he's fucking hilarious. That guy would have a ball at the NHL ceremonies. Oh, it's, uh... I forget his fucking name. He's hilarious, dude. They're at the National Anthem, and he's standing on the ice. And then he's, like, an assistant captain or a captain. He's, like, skating around, and he, like, goes to bump into the boards, and the door is open, and he just falls down. Oh, Ralph, dude. Yes, Ralph, dude. That guy's a legend. Yeah. Yeah, fucking Ralph. I don't even know his real full name, but he, fucking Ralph, yeah. He, he would be my second guy. He'd be fucking mad funny. You gotta tweet that guy's account or video out. That's the best video ever. Uh, my second guy, probably people listening to this podcast are gonna like hate me for this, but I think it's, I think Bieber would be an electric host. I think back to like 2008, Justin Timberlake hosted the ESPYs. He crushed it. A lot of comedy, a couple songs, some star power. I think Bieber would bring the whole package. I think he'd be more charismatic. He'd bring the awards to the 21st century, which we still haven't done, and he'd give some name recognition. I think people would actually get excited about it, and there'd be some publicity. So Plus, he owns I, every NHL jersey there is. Yeah, and you know what? He owns it, too. That's the thing, though. He didn't back away. He actually, unlike most celebrities, we're like, nah, man, I really like that team. He owned it, and basically was like... If they look cool, I'm wearing them. Yeah, so, I mean... Fever for hockey is okay with me. Some people don't like that he's a hockey fan. I'm all for it. Plus, he got bundled by Chris Pronger this year. Like, that was kind of cool. There'd be some great jokes about that mixed in there. He'd have some good segments. I think that would be a good one. Plus, he'd, he'd probably fucking sing a song. Probably a maybe. fire song. Yeah, maybe some models would come out, too. We need that. It's 2017. He's the closest to a modern-day rock star as I think we'll ever get. Kind of sad, but sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then my last one... 
I don't really like fucking telling people to like listen to other podcasts, but if you don't, if you if you like hockey podcasts, definitely check out Spin Chicklets, one of the Barstool podcasts. One of their hosts is Ryan Whitney. He's a Boston guy. Uh, pretty much got a huge contract just because he gave Sidney Crosby. Well, Sidney Crosby gave him the puck, and he got a bunch of secondary assists. Hilarious guy, great stories. He's now on NHL Network. He would be a fucking really, really funny guy to do it because I don't think he'd do a cue card either. I think he would just wheel. That's that's the thing. They have to stop hiring these comedians and just get like funny ex like NHL players just to do it. Yeah, or it should be funny ex players that are giving out the awards instead of old men. Yeah, like who the Ted Lindsay guy? He didn't even say a fucking word. I don't even think he knew where he was. Oh, he did. They definitely took him out of the nursing home. They're like, okay, Ted, we're gonna go get you lunch. <laughs> Come on, Ted. Put on your suit. So that was my third one. Now your third one? No, I don't fucking remember. Oh, the Jeremy Roenick mike Millberry combo would be electric, just having them fucking bicker up there. If it was in Vegas this year, it was the per- perfect opportunity because, you know, they'd pan in on JR. Right off Hammered. the bat, he'd fucking blushed red. His eyes would be fucking bloodshot. He'd be sweating, slurring his words. Millberry would be threatening people in the crowd. It would just be an all-timer, I think. It would be hard for them to give awards out. They'd probably give the awards themselves. Just a great night for the family. Now, I know that you fell off the Stanley Cup Finals, but did you get a chance to see Charles Barkley in Nashville? No. Uh, Charles Barkley was on Mike Milbury, and, like, they weren't, like, arguing, but you could definitely tell there was probably, like, a little bit of tension there. But, like, come to find out, Jr. and Charles Barkley are, like, very, very good friends. Course they are. Which is hilarious. And they showed like videos of JR on a golf course trying to like tackle a, uh, an alligator. And then they showed another video of him like uh, jumping into water and grabbing a catfish. Jesus Christ. So, yeah, we need more JR. If I could say anything to the NHL about next year, it's more Jeremy Roenick. Seriously. I, I, dude, I remember. I, I think he either retired or like he was thinking about retiring, and the USA roster came out, and Chris Drury made it, and he fucking went right to the papers like, how the fuck did Chris Drury make it not me? JR is fucking, that guy's timeless. He is. He's a living legend. I didn't really appreciate him always as a player, but he's grown on me. He's slowly grown on me over the years. Just can't hate the game because he's so fucking. He's kind of like how you said Jack Edwards, even though it's completely different. He is who he is. Yeah, there's no changing him. I, I also saw another. It was. It wasn't like a thirty. It was like a thirty for thirty kind of thing, but it was on the NHL Network and it was Jeremy Roenick's career. If you ever get a chance to watch that, that's really funny because it's pretty much like seventy five percent of the time of Jeremy Jeremy Roenick just telling us how fucking sweet he is, and then the other half is just telling us like how much like alcohol he drinks. Was there also some tears mixed in about not winning the Stanley Cup? Uh, that was a big that was a big focal point. Like that was one of the questions how he got like emotional on national TV, <laughs> which I thought was awesome. But uh, yeah, so that's this week's morning skate. Uh, again, how are we going to commit to this? I feel like we should do a draft like at the end of the draft, and we should do a free agent frenzy. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't think we're going to do it realistically every week during the summer, but I think sporadically. Yeah, we'll put them out and maybe bi-weekly, twice a month. There's just not that much to talk about. But it'll be good to get back on the horn. Personally, we're not NHL experts, and we know that. And we tell you guys that all the time. We try to come from a different angle, but low key, I the off season's like one of my favorite times of year to talk about hockey because there's so much to look forward to, and there's so much speculation, even though nothing ever fucking happens. But it's kind of nice to see people, your teams build. And there's camps and all that other shit. So it was good stuff to talk about in the summer that I think we'll be able to dive into. 
For sure. I think it's something to definitely look forward to. So we're telling you this, so probably we won't talk to you until the first week of the NHL season next year. But hopefully we do like an NHL draft and a uh, and a free agent frenzy. Also, if you get a chance, another fucking free ad I sort of thing. Uh, if you're a Rangers fan, be sure to check out the podcast Breakaway. What is it? I think it's Breakaway Rangers or something like that. Uh, talk really quick. I'm going to look this up. Hal, talk. I mean, I mean, it's not much to say. We've been doing this. Usually, we used to do this podcast and stretch it or like segments. We talked straight today. It's been like well over an hour and a half. I feel like I've sweated profusely. I don't have any air conditioning, so okay. Uh, it's Blue Shirts Breakaway. If you get a chance to be a Rangers fan, be sure to uh, listen to a couple of their podcasts. They're actually pretty good. And maybe one of these times we'll get them on here. Or we'll go on there. I was messaging them, and then it kind of all fell apart. But maybe we'll figure it out. So. Uh, yeah, until next time. Any last words, Hal? No. Uh, black hearts on my card again. At the crib telling your girl that we should order in And tell G to put his feet up on the ottoman We just up against a bunch of rappers I go harder than Damn, I'm so Katrina smarter than a lot of these niggas Swear the coaches brought the starter in Yeah, and I'm the type to tell your daughter things I float high, don't try and cut my water wings I'm still myself Suicide bars, I kill myself Charge it to the game, I build myself And I don't feel y'all, but I feel myself Antidote, tell him I deserve a muzzle toast I'm rapping like a shepherd with the muzzle off I'm next to blow, pause And I can hear the critics talking over the applause Yeah, I try to tell them future, let them know Send the haters all my love, exit O Got a black box where suggestions go But I don't really give a fuck, it's probably best you know My reality is brighter than your dreams are I got your dream girl riding in your dream car Yeah, and the visual is stunning I hope they document what I'm becoming Congratulations So what you want in the water, something? I'm at the private airport border, something. I see nothing from afar, but I'm far from nothing. Put on your poker face, I'll pull your card if you're bluffing. But I ain't with the hard talk, I got a monopoly. Catch me on my boardwalk. Like I said, we pull your card and find out you're a hallmark. Just know I'm breaking world records, no false start I don't see your point unless it's gunpoint or something My deal like Wheezy first week, one point something And my verse is getting stupider Wayne, if you're on Mars, can you pick me up from Jupiter? Phone blowing up, so I'm cutting off my cellular I'm a superstar, know that onto my nebula I will break a leg, break an arm, and a fibula When I break it down, when I, when I break it down and kiss the drum kick I put the beat in my back pocket and just sit But you can never be my ass Pause Again, damn it, y'all Again 
Y'all pretend that we are some men that get it on and in I die before I lose cause I was born to win If he don't fuck with y'all then don't bother him And yes I fuck this game but I won't father them Right? Uh Like these days, man, I'm booked and I'm busy. Dad named me Drake, Butch named me Drizzy. They try to tell me I'd never be nothing but a protege. But if you watch the VMAs, there's nothing more to say. I got the key to happiness and all the copies. Remember this day like you bought a poppy. And damn, how I get so nice. I just spent it all once, about to get rich twice. Surprise party, bitch, now it's on and poppin' I always choose dough like it's my only option Cause money always knows best Chain snatch flow, they say get it off your chest And I'm with all the fuss about And if they talkin', I bet I'm what they discussion bout Hit me at the office, same extension Consider me the reason y'all should pay attention It's crap Hey, yo, Drizzy, you should've said that on the hook. You should've been like, congratulations. It's crap. Yeah. It's crap. <laughs> congratulations.